Every dollar we spend on travel is $12 in revenue. And part of that is think about it. When you build a relationship with someone, you meet them in person, you break bread, you have lunch or dinner with them, you have a relationship that really accelerates business and builds trust, which is what you need. You're not gonna spend a million dollars with a company that you've never met. And so as, as we move forward and as people's customers start to talk to competitors or other salespeople start traveling, you're going to travel because one, you're gonna defend your territory and two, you need to continue to grow and build and add new customers. And we're already seeing that today and we're seeing an increase in book travel with executives and sales. Hey everyone, welcome back to the SaaS Revolution Show brought to you by SaaS Talk, the conference that helps SaaS companies get traction, growth and scale. I'm your host Alex Thuma and I'll be looking at what it really takes to build and grow a SaaS company today and how founders and entrepreneurs stay healthy on the journey. Now on with the show. Welcome to the SaaS Revolution Show, uh, Megan Eisenberg, CMO at TripActions. Welcome, Megan. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Great to have you on the podcast, certainly for the, for the first time. We've had you speak at a couple of SaaS talks now. I think you've been to Dublin twice, yes. once with MongoDB, uh, I think once with TripActions. Trip I miss we, it. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we all miss it. It would be, well, obviously it would be next month, right? Um, and yeah, I mean... Hopefully everybody's not just not, not just saying that, but a lot of the conversations I'm having at the moment, because I think it's impending that it would be next month. Uh, uh, a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, it's, it's you know, one of the, the kind of the top two events that we're missing this year. And uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely feeling feeling that. But we're trying to make do with our, the online and, and yes. bring, bring Sastock online and it's different. Um, but, um, but but certainly we're, we're trying to bring a lot of that value uh, uh, online. But you just. You can't beat the serendipitous moments and the, the pints of Guinness and the pubs of Dublin. I was going to say, I missed the Guinness. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Um, but, uh, but, uh, but great to have you on, on the podcast. Um, for those that, that, that don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about uh, yourself? Uh, who is Megan Eisenberg? Sure. I am the CMO of Trip Actions. I've been here uh, almost two years. Prior to that, I was at MongoDB as their CMO for four years. Uh, took them public in October of 2017. And just prior to that, I was at DocuSign, uh, the e-signature company that's both doing quite well in the markets right now, uh, for three and a half years running DemandGen. Awesome. And you're obviously based in the US Bay Area. We're just, uh, just chatting about the, uh, the wildfires sort of over there. Yes. Very um, sad to see, and the the air and the skies have been orange. So yeah, we're hopeful that the firefighters get that out sooner than later. Have you always been based in the in the Bay Area? Is that where you're from? Uh, so uh, I was born in Texas, <laughs> so uh, and lived in Minnesota and Illinois for a brief amount of time. But most of my life, I've been in California. Um, lived for, in Belgium for a year as a nanny uh, for two kids, yeah. uh, or au pair, I guess. And then I lived in Japan, in Tokyo for a year during college. Amazing, amazing. All right, great, great stuff. Well, um, we want to talk a little bit, obviously, about uh, the year, I guess, that, that you've had in trip actions and, and uh, leading marketing, uh, you know, during, uh, you know, what, what has been, you know, the most challenging year with, you know, with, with, with the pandemic. And, uh, I guess certainly the uh, the travel industry, as well as many industries, the events industry. Uh, you, you know, we we we've all had a, a very uh, you know, difficult kind of moment. Uh, yeah. but we're all trying to find a way 
uh, you know, kind of through this, right? And and keen to kind of understand how, how you guys have done it, um, you, you know, and, and I, I guess kind of before that, I mean, uh, tell us just a little bit about Trip Actions, what it what it does, and a little bit, like, why did you join Trip Actions when you, you know, you were the CMO of MongoDB, took them public, and you, you, you know, you, you've left to, to join Trip Actions. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, TripActions is a full travel management uh, system from bookings to expense. So you book your travel, then we have travel agents that support you while you're on the road. And then we have a product called TripActions Liquid that's a corporate card for expenses and and uh, managing anything on the road or even at home. You know, some of our companies are using it to expense office supplies, stuff like that, and software. Um, I joined... Um, last year, one of the reasons I joined is one, it's a massive market. I think uh, one thing when you're looking at companies to join is to look at their size of the market. It's a $1.5 trillion, just business travel online is $1.5 trillion. Even if we cut that in half with COVID, let's say it only comes back to half the levels in the next year, uh, that's still an $800 billion market. And there's a lot of legacy players in it that haven't really innovated in a long time. They were all born before the iPhone. They weren't, you know, they're on legacy technology and infrastructure, outdated models, they're disparate systems. Uh, they're not designed around the traveler or the user, and they don't usually have very, people don't love those solutions typically. So I love going to a player that's very disruptive, that's modern, that was born after the iPhone and designed around on new technology. It's very similar to MongoDB born after the iPhone. They went after a very large $45 billion database market that was growing to $60 billion. Uh, they were taking on a large incumbent, which was Oracle, uh, and they were bringing a whole different way of doing it. And TripActions is doing that. It's a very, it's one platform. It's just a very different model than what's out there. And so I was excited to join the company and we were growing quite fast. We added a thousand employees last year until we had to hit the brakes with COVID. Uh, and that definitely was a punch in the gut. I think for the entire industry uh, and we've had to make a lot of pivots and moves in order to adjust for this environment but we know ultimately travel will come back businesses are reliant on meeting in person and accelerating deals uh, and so i'm here to help us get through this external you know event with the pandemic and build the right product and support our customers and what they need now and then in the future Keen to learn, and, and obviously for, for you to, to kind of share uh, with the listeners about the, these pivots, and, and then uh, and then specifically you as a marketing leader and, and what what you've been doing. I guess what how did you what was the feeling you know uh, when you know we saw that you know the pandemic was coming, and then perhaps there was a, there was a moment when you all of a sudden saw that you know international travel had stopped. What was the feeling? Yes. I mean, you, you said punching the gut, but yes, you know, like how how did how did you feel when you saw? I don't know. Did revenue drop by you know ninety eight percent? Like like for us, we like one hundred percent of our revenue just went. You know, not necessarily overnight, but it started to trickle down to zero. Uh, you know, in March, and then we had to find a way to kind of generate new revenue and pivot. But what was it? What was it like in your case? Yeah, so if you remember back in March, we actually saw it probably about two weeks before most of the tech companies saw it because we had visibility into travel and we saw the impact. Originally, it was to Asia. And we started to hear from our customers, our travel managers, I need to locate employees, get them home. I need to block employees from traveling to Asia. And then all of a sudden, within a week, it was, okay, they can't go to Italy. They can't go to Israel. They can't go to certain countries in Europe and then the UK and then all of Europe. And then we were 
you know, only domestic and then not even domestic. And so um, we were listening to our customers, our travel managers. And I remember the Friday, so we were in the throes of it in March. And I remember on Friday, our CEO brought us together, brought product engineering and marketing and said, I need you to build over the weekend, this product, product team and engineering, get busy. And they worked you know, 24 by seven that weekend marketing, you need to enable the sales team on Monday, the CSM team, everyone, and you need to take this to market. And it was all around COVID. We already had a traveler map of where people were and a way to communicate to all your travelers, but we didn't have a way yet to restrict future travel for certain states, countries, continents. So the engineering built that where it wouldn't allow travelers to book new trips to areas that you wouldn't want to go to. Um, and then to communicate with those that were on the road, get them home in mass, uh, travel, um, cancel future travel. Because think about it, company. We have four thousand customers, tens of millions of dollars in flights had been booked, and you need to mass cancel that because you're they're not going to be traveling. So how do you allow them to mass? You, you wouldn't want each of them to have to call in individually. So we allowed for our travel managers to do mass cancellations to restrict future travel, and then we built a uh, connection to the CDC and John Hopkins. And we brought in, because everyone was having to go out on the internet to try and find data, what countries are safe, what states are safe, what are the rules, quarantine. So we brought in all that data directly into our dashboard for the traveler and for our travel manager and for our agents. And so, you know, we had to pivot very quickly in the product and build what they needed right away and right now and what they were going to need in the next couple months. And the next thing that hit was unused tickets. So you cancel it. Now you need a report in finance to know what is your financial tie to those tickets. If you have tens of you have to report on that. There, there's credit being held that's not being used, but you don't get that money back. And then you want to automatically apply it. So next, the engineers built a way to automatically apply your credits when you book future travel. So you don't lose track of it. As a personal traveler, if you, you aren't on our system, you have to go find the email from, you know, United or American, you got to go find the code, then you have to remember to enter it and get the, you know, to do all of that, the credits. And so we built that out next for our customers. And from a, you had asked from a marketing standpoint, I had to pivot all of our messaging and do an audit of everything out there because we were saying our thing was we were the best experience in business travel because we we're all about the users and you, we were going to support you the full journey and make sure you had a great experience. But right now, nobody's having a good experience, right? They're trying to get home. They're scared. There's this weird unknown pandemic. And so we quickly had to pivot messaging to things we were already doing. We just weren't highlighting, which were helping you control costs, manage those waivers, manage the future and traveler safety. So we needed to focus on what companies needed right now. And it was a much more somber and still is, I think, attitude around that. And so you know, we couldn't have, you know, we're a very lovable brand. People love us. We have a high satisfaction score, a high NPS, but right now was not the time to be cute and lovable. It was the time to be um, supportive, you know, giving you information at the moment you needed, keeping you safe, uh, educating you, all of that. So we rewrote the entire website. We wrote all our social handles, media. We wrote all our sales sequences. We wrote the pitch decks, um, the CSM communications, we had, you know, 12 different nurture programs. We rewrote all of them. And so the team over a five-day period worked very long hours, one auditing, rewriting, and then 
post posting all that out to the market because also as a marketer you're seeing all over linkedin and things about wow how, these people are so tone deaf how i can't believe some salesperson reached out to me on this don't they know we're in a pandemic and so there was a lot of backlash on brands that did not understand what was happening or it's not that they didn't understand they couldn't react fast enough and pivot they weren't agile enough and the benefit of being a you know a 900 person company is that we're still agile enough to be able to audit, rewrite, and post even in this time period. And I think larger companies, that's a harder, you've got a much larger ship to turn, it's harder. And so the advantage startups will come out of this probably stronger because their cash burns less. They are, you know, when you're in tech, you're just the core of you is hard work ethic, um, is agile, is disrupt, is, you know, you can be proactive, but also reactive very well. And we'll see companies come out of this, just like we saw in the, the financial downturn in 2007, eight, a lot of companies were born out of that time. Companies are born out of wartime. I would equate this to wartime. We have a pandemic, financial, economic crisis, um, political crisis. There's a lot going on in the world for us, certainly, I think the whole world, but definitely in the United States. And so those companies that can uh, react and pivot are going to survive. And I actually think it could be an opportunity for startups to take market share because of their ability to be agile and to deliver the product that companies need. And our, we, you know, we have a large engineering team that's constantly building the product that we need. We launched our enterprise edition yesterday. We're going up market. Um, and so building a lot of tools that enterprises need in this environment. So as they come out, They've got the right controls, policy management, cost management in place, and safety for their travelers to come out of it. And that's certainly something we've always had, but not something we focused on in our messaging. It's a great, uh, I mean, fantastic uh, use case of agility, and as you say, like multiple pivots and innovation there. Um, so really, really kind of great to see both from a product and business standpoint and, and marketing. Um, and like, obviously, you, you mentioned it, and I agree, it, it is wartime, you know, it, it's still kind of your wartime. And uh, during wartime, uh, you see, again, often like first, a lot of companies, they uh, put in place their defensive strategy. Uh, and But there's some companies kind of forget about the offensive strategy, which you do need, you know, in a war. Yes. It, uh, um, and, uh, and as you mentioned, that there, there is... Well, whilst there is a crisis going on, there is an opportunity that if you have that offensive play, uh, that actually you can come out stronger, um, you know, you can deliver more value, you can get more market share. Um, uh, and and yeah, just kind of keen to, uh, obviously, you, you, you've um, you know shown some of those examples, but from a marketing standpoint, you know, you adapted your messaging to be more sensitive to the times, um, uh, which is obviously the right thing to do. Uh, in terms of the ambition of your marketing, did that slow down or did you carry on? Did you change channels? Did you think, well, like we don't know how long this is going to go on, but there, there are kind of opportunities from a marketing standpoint, um, you know, thinking longer term that we should be looking at whilst being sensitive to what's going on. Yeah, I mean, we definitely, there. I, I, I mentioned a few times um, with the team, there's a Latin proverb, when there's no wind, row. And the team has been rowing. We are, you know, we went through a layoff back in March. So the team shrank about half, which was tough to go through. And so I think people took on more than ever before. But in order to survive, we have to conserve cash. 
and we have to row really hard to come out of this. And our advantage, because of the size that we are, we don't, you know, as you become a larger company, you take on a lot more debt, you do acquisitions, you have a larger footprint in real estate. All of those things are hurting our larger competitors right now. And so we know that if we can tighten our belts, work hard and smart, right? There's a million things to do. So we have, you know, I'm constantly going through prioritization exercise with the team on what really we need to focus on. Um, and then aligning very closely with product on what's coming and what we should be marketing. And then with sales on what they need for the current environment, what's the objections they're facing, what's the enablement tools they need, what are their prospects and customers asking for so we can help them. Um, but no, I mean, working harder than ever, I think in this environment, which is definitely the right thing to do um, to move it forward because we will come out of this. People will travel. I mean, all the studies show a dollar in travel, there's an Oxford study, every dollar we spend on travel is $12 in revenue. And part of that is think about it. When you build a relationship with someone, you meet them in person, you break bread, you have lunch or dinner with them, you have a relationship that really accelerates business and builds trust, which is what you need. You're not going to spend a million dollars with a company that you've never met. And so as, as we move forward and as people's customers start to talk to competitors or other salespeople start traveling, you're going to travel because one, you're going to defend your territory and two, you need to continue to grow and build and add new customers. And we're already seeing that today and we're seeing an increase in book travel with executives and sales. Uh, and we, we, we saw it start to climb until June. We flattened with the second wave and the shutdown of the states. And now we're starting to climb out of that again uh, because people understand. And our retail clients, they need to visit their stores. We have engineering clients that have product and, and, and you know equipment in the field that they need to go visit and then clients. Uh, so it's been, uh, you know, it's interesting to watch us climb out of it. Certainly it will be accelerated when we have a vaccine uh, or we're more comfortable or we have herd immunity or whatever that is that's coming, or we continue to improve our safety protocols um, for visits. I think the airlines have done a great job. It's safer to be on an airplane than it is to be in a grocery store. You know, they've got the right air circulation, cleaning practices, all of that going on. And I took a trip with my family in June. I have three kids. And um, I was a little nervous at first, but I'll tell you, uh, I was more comfortable flying after that because I realized what what it was, the situation was, and that it was actually safer than just being around town. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and what, what we're seeing, like, you know, good things have come out of this as well. And, and in terms of, uh, you know, personal sort of hygiene and people, you know, sanitizing their hands uh, like yes. a lot more. Uh, people that are that are sick, not going to work or not traveling, right? I mean, I, yes. I, I, I was a person that used to fly very, very regularly. Um, I haven't flown, uh, I mean, since, uh, you, you know, we have the lockdown uh, sort of in, in the UK. But I remember one of my earlier flights um, this year in, in, in January, just flying to Dublin and coming back on the same day. Uh, yeah. the, the guys next to me just like, I have a rotten kind of cold. Uh, you know, and I was just like, I felt so awkward and uncomfortable sitting next to him because I, yes. you know, it, it wasn't very pleasant. But I think like that's going to happen much less, right? Uh, yes, for sure. Know, if, if, if you're real, like you're not, you know, you're not going to travel or you won't be allowed to travel. Uh, yes. And, and uh, you know, people are, are, are more conscious about, you know, that, uh, you know, I'm going into the supermarkets and I'm sanitizing my hands before I go in and when I come out. Yes. And, and this will be good, you know, to prevent that kind of spread of germs. And uh, so I think that's good. I, I'm actually, I haven't. Been, uh, I haven't been into London since March, 
Uh, but today, after this podcast, I'm going in for my, my first trip. It's time. Uh, wow, all right. Yeah, and uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm actually going to a small event um, uh, tomorrow. Uh, and then next week, I'm back into London twice next week. Great. So yeah. just starting to kind of, you know, pick this up, trying to get things, you know, kind of back a little bit to, to normal. Yeah. Will, as, as you say, things will get back to normal, but we just don't know how long that, that will take, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and you, you, you mentioned, uh, and this is something where I think like, everybody's feeling and, and seeing um, that, you, you know, given, let's say, you know, the layoffs, given that the, uh, the, the pivots and what everybody's kind of up against, given that there's no wind in the sails, that the team are, are, are working harder, right? Um, and, um, and, and we've seen that, you, you know, we sort of pivoted and the team, you know, never worked harder, uh, you know, before. But then it's starting to get, you know, a little bit kind of burnt out. And I've never seen, you, you know, so much kind of like, you know, burnout happen, you know, within, you know, the organization uh, and seeing it in other companies as well. What do you do as a, as a manager, and a, you know, as a leader, managing a marketing team? And, uh, you know, what do you do to kind of help uh, this? Tonight. Yeah, I mean, there, I think there's a couple things. One, we have daily stand-ups. So I think more than ever, you need to communicate with your team, make sure they're understanding priorities, check in with them. So I have a lot of one-on-one -on -one calls. I have a daily stand-up in the morning. I have a weekly team meeting. I think you need to create environments for brainstorming and innovation. So setting aside time for the team to come together with ideas, you need to double down on appreciation and make sure people know they're appreciated, you care about them, um, highlight the wins. I think it's easy to focus on all the, the horrible things going on, but remember there's also a balance and some great things. So I think that's important. We do every other week a team Zoom walk where, and we've done that for the last few months. And everyone, if you can safely socially distance, either people go out their balconies or they walk around their backyard or they'll walk to a park. And all of us are on Zoom and we can see each other and we're talking and you can bring your dog, your kid, you know, whatever you want to do to bring. And it's not about work. It's just us walking, talking, checking in, having fun. Um, I do a happy hour every other week on either Thursday night or Friday night where you know same thing it's not it's us joking and teasing each other bring it you know have a drink or not but just come on and and um come together because we are missing that in-person connection that support that you need and you know marketing's fun and trip actions is fun we have an amazing culture where you know it's very was very lively and vibrant and headquarters san francisco and london we have offices all around the world and, um, you know, we're missing that. Uh, we've got about less than 20% of our office back now at Palo Alto. And it's so fun. We do an outdoor happy hour and keep our distance. But just seeing everyone and being in the office and the environment, it's just, it's good. It's good for morale. So I try to do that. We've done some half days and holidays as well as a company. If it's a three-day weekend, we've given them Friday off so they can do a four day, you know, we're encouraging people to, if they need a break, they need to take the break. And, you know, the other fear is people don't take a vacation. A lot of times people would take vacation, but they don't want to do it because where do I go? We need to encourage still that people take a break and a vacation because that's also very healthy um, in whatever format that is for them. Um, you do need people to recharge. How have, how have you, so we've heard how Trip actions has adapted. We've heard how marketing and your messaging, uh, you know, has adapted. How have you personally adapted and, and reacted to these challenges? 
Yeah, you know, it's uh, been, I think, a little wild. I have three kids, so, you know, layer in homeschooling um, and two working parents. Um, so that's been a challenge. But, you know, I think I've taken, like you, I used to travel all the time. So I'm trying to appreciate the moments that I'm home now at night. And I, you know, lie down with the kids at night and snuggle them. And they tell me all their things from the day because they don't want to go to bed. Um, so I get, time, you know, a little more time with them because I'm not on the road. I, you know, started a garden out front and then I started a flower bed. So I think getting your hands dirty is very healthy. I always find just manual physical work um, for whatever reason it just puts me in a better place. So I've tried to do more stuff around, you know, after you organized your house the first month and the pantries, and then you started working on your yard and we got frogs. Um, we have a little watering hole. So, you know, we watched tadpoles grow. So I just, I've been trying to do things around the house um, and science project kits and arts and crafts. We got a sewing machine. We learned how to sew. Um, so just things that I think um, we, I can do with my girls and kind of just have a balance of life. Um, and then there's days that just suck and I cuddle them in bed and we watch a TV show, <laughs> you know, um, but trying to focus on what we have. What are the biggest lessons that you've learned, uh, I, I guess, kind of this year uh, and from this experience that you could share? Any kind of key takeaways? I think, you know, definitely having understanding and make sure everyone's aware, what are your company goals? How do we map what our objectives are? Prioritizing, because you can't do it all. Uh, I think being very close to your customers and what they need. Uh, you know, if they're not traveling, they're not interacting with your brand. You know, when they were on the road, they would use our app and they'd get their notices and they would call with our agents. So, you know, making sure that you're connecting with your customers, that you're providing value, that you understand what they need. I think that continues. I mean, that was always important, but I think in this environment, uh, I think a heavy focus on your customers matters a lot and what they need. Yeah. And that, you know, I think we're, it, it's been a long time since something create, you know, people used to go through wars and uh, other plagues and different things like that. I think we've been very fortunate in my, you know, 40 plus years to have, you know, you know, certainly I went through downturns and the dot-com bust and 9-11 and, and many things like that, which um, were not great to go through. But I think it is, you know, it, it helps us focus on what really matters. So I think, you know, some of the lesson is, is focus on what matters, appreciate what you have. Probably, uh, we always ask our guests the last question, how they stay healthy and sane. I think some of that may, uh, you know, uh, the answers come from, uh, you know, the, the previous uh, sort of uh, question. But uh, aside from, let's say, uh, you, you know, the gardening and, and being with the family and more time with the family, you know, are there other things that you do to keep yourself healthy and sane as you're, you know, leading, you know, marketing, uh, you know, at this very large organization going through these pivots and the, and the pandemic? Yes. Well, I mean, weekly, I try to have a dinner with my husband, just him and I, even if it's in the backyard or outdoor somewhere. I think that matters, staying connected, um, taking walks on the weekends. I take four or five mile walk with girlfriends. I think um, as women, we need our girlfriends to talk through what we're going through, to listen, um, all, you know, all experiencing different things and having someone just to talk. I think talking is great. Um, so those are all, and I've got three dogs, so taking the dogs on a walk also, uh, and, uh, you know, snuggling your kids, all of that keeps us sane. 
Amazing. Well, Megan, it's, it's been fantastic speaking to you uh, this time over Zoom and not over a pint of Guinness, but uh, hopefully we'll, we'll change that next year, fingers crossed. Where can people find you uh, online? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at M Eisenberg, uh, also on LinkedIn, uh, Megan Eisenberg. Well, thanks so much, Megan Eisenberg, CMO at Trip Actions. Uh, we, we hope that the year continues to, to get better and things will get back to normal soon, uh, both the travel industry, the event industry, and uh, in general for, for the world. I'm with you. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the SaaS Revolution Show. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you learned something from it, check out sasdoc.com forward slash events to find all the upcoming SASDOC conferences around the world.